the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. Taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, our Savior, God the Son, did not come to be served, but to serve and to make himself a, a ransom for many. That's why serving others is an act of worship. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The anthem for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Pastor Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as we always do, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith continues with our new series entitled Nuts and Bolts taking nothing for granted when it comes to our faith. Is it important to be serving at our local church? It has been said that Christianity is not a spectator sport, and we should all be getting into the game as we have been saved to serve. But how do you know where to serve, and how can you figure out what your giftings are? Pastor Keith will be helping us navigate these great questions today in part one of his message entitled, The Nuts and Bolts of Serving. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the New Testament. We'll be making stops in the book of Ephesians and also the book of Romans. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. Would you like to be part of something bigger than yourself? Would you you like to be able to express your love for God in tangible ways? Would you like to be able to express your love for God? for your neighbor in tangible ways? Would you like to see this world changed one soul at a time? Would you like to get to know people here that you might not have met? And if you're a visitor, would you like to get connected? If you're a new member, would you like to expand uh, your network of people that you pray with and pray for? Would you like to express the love of God for people through evangelizing, through word and deed? Would you like to find a way to point people to Jesus by your actions and to encourage others to follow him faithfully? Would you like to be able to change lives, to do life together with people, 
to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep, to make a difference in this world, regardless of how tall you are, how short you are, how young you are, how old you are, how thin you are, and how much of there is for you to love extra you are, then serve, serve, serve. Serve in and serve through the local church. I know at this church, one of the things, you know, there's the old 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the ministry, and I'm thankful that at this church, those numbers don't work that way. It's a whole lot more people doing ministry. But we can always use a few more. And some people may not know what they're missing or what they've missed or even who they've missed by not being involved in active service here at Hillside Church. And some of you don't understand that we are first and foremost called to serve in and through the local church. And some of you have missed wonderful opportunities to laugh and to cry and to do life together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so therefore, taking nothing for granted, maybe we don't understand service the way that we should, this last sermon, this last message is called the nuts and bolts of serving, save to serve. Remember this whole nuts and bolts series, four messages, the nuts and bolts of membership, the nuts and bolts of the ordinances, the nuts and bolts of giving, and now the nuts and bolts of serving. So what I would like to do today is basically just ask and answer five questions about our service and God's expectations of us so that we can approach service according to the will of God and serve him faithfully. So let's just jump right in with the question, shall we? Question number one, is it true that serving in the local church, that serving here at Hillside Church is for experts only, that it's for super Christians, that it's for the most mature, and that not everybody should serve? And the answer is no, that's not true at all. How do we know that? Well, one of our texts today is Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. There's another verse, Ephesians 2, 8. Call it Ephesians 2, 8a. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is where Bible translation sometimes doesn't work for us. It should say, for by grace y'all have been saved through faith. That's a you plural, okay? And brothers, I I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. You know what? It's it's plural. It's talking to everybody. The letter to the Ephesians was written to the entire church at Ephesus. The letter to Rome, to, to the epistle to Romans of Romans was written to the entire church and all the congregations in Rome. And it wasn't just written to the pastors and it wasn't just written to the experts. When it addresses, when it addresses the elders, it does so by name. You see, we're not all called to serve at the same level. Each of us have different gifts and God has raised us up, has raised you and I up at such a time as this to use the gifts that he has no matter where you are in your spiritual walk, whether you've been a Christian for one week, one month, one year, one decade, whatever it is. You see this indicated in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. There's a lot of dynamite right there in that little bitty package. So he gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, he gave the shepherds, the elders, the teachers to equip the saints, to equip the believers, to equip the church membership for ministry. Not the experts. The experts were doing the equipping in this case. Everybody 
is in the game. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport. And we all get to play and we all get the ball during the game. Why? For the building up, for the strengthening, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In fact, it's even in, in bad churches. We're <laughs> churches that need a lot of work. I look at the, uh, what, what Paul wrote to the unruly church at Corinth and he just said, you, you have what you've received and the gifts that you have are for the common good. All churches, all people in all churches have a role to play. God equips us all with different gifts. We're not all equipped in the same way. Otherwise, we'd have a line of guitarists and there wouldn't be anybody else to do anything. Or you'd, There'd be 10 guys lining up to preach because we all had the same gift or there'd be whatever. And if you look at 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, you get that sense. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, it says this in verse 10. As each has received a gift, each person in the body... 1 Peter 4, 10, 11, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Then he sort of runs through the different gifts that people might have received. And you know, when you, when you work through the New Testament, there's no exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. Romans lists some, Ephesians lists some, Peter here lists some. But as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks... As one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion and forever and ever. Amen. This is what's going on here. We were all saved to serve. We were all saved to serve. There are no experts. There's just people that God has raised up. You know, when you look at the, at the Bible, when you look at Abraham or Moses or Jacob, these were just ordinary people. They had lots of flaws, and God raised them up at different times. I mean, Abraham was 75, Moses was 80, Jacob was in his late 40s. I mean, you know, nobody here, I mean, just people, and they made mistakes. But we're saved to serve, which brings us to our second question. Are we really saved to serve? You hear me say that all the time. You're saved to serve. You're here to serve. God raised you up for such a time as this for this purpose. Where do I get that from? Did I make it up? Were we really saved to serve? The answer is yes. This is no exaggeration. This is no hyperbole. We see this in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. What does it say? By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's take that passage apart, shall we? Because that tells the story right there. You have been saved. You've been saved by God's grace, Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You've been set apart. You didn't do it yourself. It was done for you. It was done to you. You did not save yourself. You had nothing to do with it. God saves you. It is the gift of God, not the result of works that no one may boast. Did he have a reason for that? Was there a larger purpose behind your salvation? What does the Bible say? Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. That's a fact. The purpose created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were saved to serve. And look at this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. His purpose, your purpose, 
is that you serve him by completing the assignments he set apart for you and set you apart for in eternity past. Now, a lot of times, if we were small children, we'd answer, well, do we have to, mom? Do we have to, dad? We do, right? We were saved to serve. And sometimes, like children, we don't want to do things. We're scared. But the fact is, is that we're obligated to serve by our love for Christ and in response to all that he's done for us. He's done for us what we could not do for ourselves. He saved us. He died for our sin. He took the penalty of our sin on his person. (laughs) And I believe our reaction, our knee-jerk response to that, our loyal love moves us, motivates us, compels us to serve. If you go back to Romans 12.1, we kind of see this, this obligation. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through the pen of the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing to the Romans, to the churches in Rome. In Romans chapter 1 through 11 is a testimony of all that God has done for us. And then we come to Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, when you see therefore, you always go back to see what came before, so you know what the therefore is there for, okay? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, in light of all that's come before, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The old King James says it's your reasonable service of worship. The word there is the word from which we get logic. It's only logical that by the mercies of God that we serve. And Paul, in appealing to us, is commanding us, he's calling us, He's exhorting us in light of all that God has done to serve God. It's an act of worship. Remember, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we should live them out, that we should do those things. We are not here by accident. We are here on purpose. We weren't saved at random. Each one of us has a calling, a purpose, and a gift, and we are called to live that purpose. And there is no retirement in God's economy. Well, there is. There's a graduation ceremony. We call it a funeral. That's your retirement party, okay? And so we have to think about that. Romans 12, 2 through 3 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but instead be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. By the grace of Given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he should, but with sober judgment in each according to the measure of faith to the ability that God has assigned. How do you test the will of God? You serve him. You figure out what he's called you to. And by testing and trial and error and through perseverance, you determine, you figure out, you demonstrate, you display and show what the will of God is according to the measure of faith that God has assigned, assigned. God has purpose-built you and I to serve him. We were saved to serve, and we are to selflessly and sacrificially serve. That's what we're called to do. You see this really driven home in Philippians 2, 3 through 8. This is a powerful passage. We're going to skip a stone across the surface of it right now. What does it say? What does it say about inconvenience, about sacrifice, about service, about mindset? about obedience, about obligation. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. 
Verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though in the, was in the form of God, did not equ- count equality of God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, a better translation would be, make, made himself of no account, taking the form of a servant, and being f- born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, our Savior, God the Son, did not come to be served, but to serve and to make himself a a ransom for many. That's why serving others is an act of worship. I keep saying that, right? Serving others is an act of worship. It's not just for experts. We are saved to serve, and it's an act of worship. Is it really an act of worship? Let's go back to the passages we've been working through. I just want to unpack these things for you. Back to Romans 12, 1. Is it really, is it really worship? Is it really necessary? What does the Bible say? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourself, your, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your service of worship. Another translation is, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship. It is worship. It is really, honestly, worship. And it's an ongoing act. It's not an event. It's a chain of events. We serve day in and day out. Before we, were, before we belonged to Jesus, we were servants of the devil. And now we're servants of Christ. And servants serve. They wash feet. They look to the needs of others above their selves. It's a wonderful privilege and a responsibility. It's an incredible job he's given us. We work for the king of the universe. And he has looked at us with favor, favor that we didn't deserve. And he's given us a role in his kingdom that we can play, that he will see to it that we're ready to play, that he will see to it. He has created this role that we should fill it because we were created in Christ Jesus to do the works that God has prepared for us individually and personally beforehand. And when we do that, when we obey him, when we embrace the calling which he has given us, it's worship. Worship is conforming yourself to the will of God. It's respecting God. It's honoring God. It's loving God. And it's an imperative. It's an imperative. It's necessary. He saved us by his grace and he's created us for, in Christ Jesus for good works, for specific tasks, for certain types of actions that we should walk in them. And that word walk in them speaks to living those things out day in and day out. We're not to be like the rest of the world, but we're to demonstrate God's will through our service. We're to set examples for others through our service. We're to trial and error and fail as an act of worship. You know, all God asks you to do is try. You, you see, the results are his. The worship is yours. All he asks you to do is to try. He doesn't measure your service by its results, but by your faithfulness. So if you mess up, okay, it's all right. You're going to. It's not about you. It's about God. And it's a privilege and it's fun. Somebody said, well, you know, I don't want to become a Christian because it's no fun. Let me tell you, I've had more fun as a Christian than any man ought to, okay? It's wonderful, and it grows you, and it stretches you, and you meet people, and you see things, and you go places you'd never thought you'd go. Now, 
we come to our fourth question. How do I know I have the gifts and ability to serve obediently, faithfully? How do I know I have the capabilities? How do I know I have what it takes? How do I know I have what, what's required? As I used to say on horse racing, the fix is in. God never calls you to do anything he doesn't give you the ability to do. He doesn't waste your suffering. He doesn't waste your effort. And he never, ever wastes your time. He is the most efficient and effective being in the universe. He is a detailed, oh, I was going to say detailed guy. He is a detailed God. And I just bring you back to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace, for by his unmerited favor, you have been saved. You have been rescued through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, if he didn't trust you to save yourself, right? He's not going to trust you and leave you on your own to do these tasks that he's called you. You were saved by grace, by his unmerited favor, by his love through faith. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't have to deserve it. It wasn't up to you. It was up to God. It's not the result of works. No one can boast. No one can boast in the service that they do either. And look at verse 10. Why? For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Purpose built for the things that he's going to call call you to do. Furthermore, He's prepared them beforehand, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If your salvation and mine was left up to a terrorist, a tax collector, and a bunch of Galilean rednecks and their abilities, we'd be in trouble. But it wasn't left up to them. They were the vessels. They were the instruments in the Redeemer's hand. He had prepared all this beforehand. God saved you just like he saved them for his purposes. And he just like he gave them the ability to change the world. Think about this. They, they weren't famous. They didn't have social media. They, didn't have, they really didn't have a following. The, the following that Jesus did have abandoned him after the feeding of the 5,000. And the world has never been the same since. And you, you can be a world changer. You can be the salvation straw that breaks the camel's back. What do I mean by that? One plants, one waters, one harvests, God yields the increase. God may use you with a side comment to change a person's life direction. He may have you that day hold the door open to somebody who's afraid to come in that door, who's looking for an excuse not to come in, and your smile and your kindness seals the deal of getting them through the front door. You may give somebody some advice It was just what they needed at just the right time. That it gave grace to those who heard according to the need of the moment. You just don't know. You just don't know the people that you impact and how you affect them in the smallest and the largest ways. God can use each one of you to turn this world upside down one soul at a time. Through your successes in serving and through your failures. And here's the thing. We're his workmanship. Everything that happens to you when you try to serve, all the trial and error and failure is preparation for the next task. How do you know you have what it takes? Because there's a God in heaven and you're his child. Look at Romans 12, 4 through 8. We all have a role to play. We all fit together somehow in this amazing patchwork quilt called the kingdom of God. For as in one body, we have many members and members do not have all the same function or the same gifts. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ 
according to the grace given to us. Here's the command. Let us use them. How? If prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. If you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.